0: I'll
1: never forget the day. Hey guys, I'm Lance.
0: And I'm Kayla. We are the Jaded Roses and this is our Broken Mirror.
1: Where we dive deep down and take a really good look at ourselves, each other, and everything around us.
0: Let's just hope we don't get any glass lodged somewhere unseemly.
1: All right. Welcome to our uh second episode discussing Beastars as part of our Beastars in June celebration. I I do think now that it's really weird that we chose. Like I know it's supposed to come out in July the second season, but mm-hmm. it's it's really weird how it lined up with with Pride. But
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Sexuality's big in that show.
1: Right. Maybe a little mm-hmm. too big.
0: I mean, I don't know who's marketed for if it's marketed for children, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a teenager watching it, uh, I'm not surprised if you're going to some different stuff as well as stars for that sexual tension.
1: Look, I, I had my own furry crisis after watching it for the first time.
0: Okay, I didn't. <laughs> but oh. I went I went through a Shoshomaru phase in, like, middle school. Okay, well. I think that's as close as I can enough, get to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the closest I'm gonna be able to get is a dog demon
1: <laughs> but um in this episode we'll be discussing the kind of layers of discrimination that are put uh yeah. specifically we'll be talking about the dynamic between the carnivores and the herbivores because it is prevalent throughout the season
0: yeah it's a big dynamic even though it's a world where they're supposed to go along.
1: right which we kind of live in that too Yeah, But just to uh, remind everybody, we mentioned it during the last episode, but we'll quickly go through kind of like the structure of the school and the world it's built within. So do remember that the school is structured in such a way as to keep the carnivore's natural instincts, that being hunting mainly, at bay. Uh, They give them plenty of activities and specific meals that are curated and scheduled um, in order to keep their protein intake high. And mm-hmm. basically, they do pretty much everything an establishment can do to mitigate the fact that they are literally mixing meat eaters with their prey in a social setting. Yeah. And eating meat on campus is strictly prohibited, uh, even to the point that shops directly off site or off campus don't sell meat either. I forget which episode it's mentioned, but like eating outside the cafeteria or really even eating outside of mealtime, like scheduled mealtimes, is also like frowned upon.
0: And yeah. So I just want to make note too, even though that is part of it, they do make note several times that the carnivores are given a diet like full of protein and meeting all their necessary needs. So it's not like they're going they're making the carnivores go full vegan or anything. They're pretty much vegetarians. With heavy protein supplements throughout, like yeah, like or she has egg salad at one point.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely not malnourished in any way. Yeah. No.
0: they like even though this this is to help everyone, they make sure they're not being underfed or lacking anything they're they're supposed to need for their bodies.
1: Right, it's like a more constructive lysine contingency, except it's also based on the honor system. Yeah. Another illustration of how the school kind of has rules set up to encourage harmony between the students is that, again, I forget which episode it's in, but specifically the one where Louis saves Legacy from a fight in the cafeteria. I think it's like episode two, maybe three.
0: Oh, I think it is two.
1: Two smaller animals are talking. One almost gets trampled by a larger student. And by smaller, I mean like the size of a foot. Um. Yeah. Apparently, the smaller animals are encouraged to walk along the walls in order to avoid being trampled. That's got to be, like, I'd be scared enough of being eaten, but if I also have to fear just, you know, foot steps?
0: Yeah. (laughs) When I'm just trying to get my food for the day. Or get to class. Jesus. Oh! Imagine if you were running late for class, and- when the bigger animals were also running late for glass, Like, what the fuck? You would just die, basically.
1: Right. You, like, that's, that's just it. And this is my life.
0: Yeah, that would was, that was just be it for you.
1: In addition, the students are apparently, I'm getting this from context, but they're apparently led to believe that society outside the school is, like, super ravenous and unforgiving like nature is in real life. For us. Mm -hmm. And I say that because when the group of carnivores goes out on their outing into the city to get the specs for the festival, Mm -hmm. Legacy is literally awestruck by how harmonious everybody seems. Yeah, like I know they get the news at school and the news has been talking about devourings on and off the whole season. But like his level of wonder at seeing all of it makes me believe that at some point along the way, there was some form of indoctrination directly or indirectly.
0: Yeah, I have the sense from uh, what we see a lot is that this is pretty much like a private school where they don't usually go home often. At all,
1: yeah, like a boarding school,
0: yeah. So, their only news is coming from the outside. It doesn't, they rarely talk about parents or families, Mm -hmm. like, it's briefly mentioned here and there for context, but it's rarely seen. So, I think it's like for Legoshi, it was definitely a moment of, Oh my god, we can live at peace.
1: It does exist.
0: Well, it's like relatable too for everyone who goes from high school to college, it's like, Oh. I don't always have to be in that petty bullshit.
1: Right, it is possible to literally just be in your own lane. Cool.
0: Yeah, and that was something like for Legashi was very um good to see. Because during that time, that was when he was struggling with the fact that does he love Haru or does he want to eat Haru?
1: Porque no las dos? As I was
0: going to say, because we all have those kind of decisions to make. Do I want to eat them or do I want to make out with them? That was me being PG.
1: <laughs> oh, mm. Because I was waiting on the F-bomb to drop, and then I was going to say, Por que no las dos again?
0: (laughs) I was about to, then I was like, no, let me see if I can do PG for a moment. I'm I'm going to try real hard. (laughs) It felt so unnatural.
1: (laughs) Right, so we're not going to restrict ourselves anymore.
0: No, (laughs) I tried. It wasn't good.
1: It seems that even outside the school, like when they go into the city, it seems that meals are still generally curated, at least on the carnivore Mm -hmm. side, because you saw a lot of carnivores and herbivores eating like at the same restaurants and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'd figure that it's easy to assume and safe to assume that there's probably like we have a regular menu and generally like a vegan menu or something that there's probably like a herbivore menu and a carnivore menu.
0: Mm hmm. Most likely.
1: And then, not the last point, but the next point I wanted to make, just because I think it's nifty, it was a nifty touch that they really didn't have to add. When they also finally get to the city and Legacy is awestruck by the harmony, Alba, the albatross, is just taken aback by the fact that birds are flying. (gasps) And it's because that you can only get your flying permit or license after you graduate high school. I
0: thought that was so cute. Like, what a cute detail. Right,
1: and no one needed to know that, but thank you.
0: That is such a cute detail, I love that. Like, it just shows, too, like, this is what their society is like, though. It's like, you need a permit to get, you know, to drive, they need a permit to fly. (laughs)
1: Right, and I would I would figure especially if you're like a bird of prey.
0: Yeah, which he is technically.
1: The last bit I wanted to mention before we get into the actual meat of the episode is that mm-hmm. it's right before lots of revelations in the episode where they go to the city. But
0: mm-hmm. it was a big episode.
1: It was. <laughs> But right before they go is when we learn of the existence of the black market, which we'll get to in a little bit.
0: Yeah. You know, that's what they're saying outside is like they are seeing this harmony. And then we have inside the high school, we're seeing the bare bones of prejudices, basically. Oh, yeah.
1: Literally like clash upon clash.
0: Yeah, which is again one of those things where um, I do think in high school you usually see a lot of prejudices, but you don't understand to the depth of them until mm-hmm. you're outside of it and you see, you know, prejudices you didn't even know you had back then, but they came out in different ways. That's why for Legoshi and them and like some of the other predators, they were like, wow, this actually works. This actually is something positive because they are so frowned upon in their own high school. It's not like they don't have friends, they have friends that everyone is very aware that they're carnivores specifically like if we just go with lego sheep for example like just going with him everyone knows he is a shy depressed tall man tall little 17 year old man so was i uh many moons ago
1: was that in kindergarten
0: yeah i was to say that i was very tall until like fifth grade and then i was and short then, and then everybody
1: else grew
0: i know it was so depressing I was like the tallest person for so long. And then I was like, oh, this is as tall as I get. That's that's why <laughs> I've been so tall for so long.
1: <laughs> I see what game we're playing now. I only needed to know the rules.
0: But yeah, he's seen as this um, shy, depressed person, but he's a gray wolf. Which means he is a predator and he's one of the top predators for them, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Even though they know he's depressed... And, like, you know, um, Louis takes full advantage of the fact that he's a shy, quiet person, but he's also very aware that he's a carnivore. So, like, he put, like we discussed in the last episode, he put his whole arm into Legoshi's mouth, because why not?
1: Because he gets mad.
0: Because he gets mad, and <laughs> starts fisting his mouth. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> he almost made me spit on my drink. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> See now, now, what image I have uh-huh. is that scene, mm-hmm. except Louie isn't putting, like, his forearm mm-hmm. in his mouth. He's literally, like, jabbing at Legacy's uvula. <laughs> being, Bite me!
0: Bite me! I was to say, I'm shocked in that scene that he didn't just reach back in and just flick it. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could see Louie doing that just to get a reaction. Because, like, he wasn't getting a reaction.
1: He's not, like, truly antagonistic, but he has such big dick bad boy energy.
0: Yeah. We discussed this last episode, too, but he does have an unusual attraction, energy wise, to Legoshi. Yes. Like, for example, when Legoshi and Bill got into that scrap on stage, and Bill slash Legoshi's back to shreds. And Louie came onto the stage, even though he was hurt still, and kind of rescued the scene and rescued the whole night. The next day, Louis was like, how can you two carnivores just do this? Like, you're savages. And that's how, like, even though in that moment it wasn't a good reason to fight between the two of them, it wasn't bullshit because Bill pretty much antagonized it by drinking rabbit's blood that right. he bought from the black market. But... It shouldn't have happened on stage. That's what I meant by stupid. It really shouldn't have gotten onto the stage and for everyone to witness such violence. And the audience was scared because it is two large carnivores going at each other. It was a big gray wolf and a huge tiger. It wasn't two small carnivores. It was a gruesome big fight. And yeah, even next day, Lou was like, how the fuck... Are you to this dumb? And I do think it's like one of those things. Carnivores are thought to be big, dumb, useless, usually messes shit up. When you look at the what considered prey, like we had Dom the ostrich, like he he's chill, he's cool. And like we have Haru, who is a white dwarf rabbit.
1: Literally doesn't hurt anybody, minds their own business.
0: She literally could not hurt anyone except for their emotions apparently.
1: Except for like through
0: sex. Yeah, Legoshi's different, though. Legoshi is all emotions. He's an emo boy. But, again, Legoshi is, you know, they see him as this quiet person, but once the um, massacre started getting closer and closer to campus, more and more people started becoming scared of him, even though he's really not that intimidating because he slouches. He, like, tries to make himself as invisible as possible for being, like, a seven-foot animal. Like, he really puts in effort to blend in and not be seen. That's one way I've been thinking about it for, like, Oshi specifically.
1: A few of the points you brought up, I actually have in my notes later on. I feel like Legoshi is so much in tune with the societal stigma. Yeah. And he just doesn't identify like it. Like, it takes him almost literally the entire season before he even truly admits to himself and, like, embraces that he's a carnivore. Which I also have in my notes- later because there's oh that scene yeah. is beautiful yeah and so that that's why because he's like i don't want to intimidate people so mm-hmm. i'm gonna do everything that's in my power mm-hmm. to make myself look less intimidating however i also feel like he realized he, i mean i know he realizes that it doesn't help which cannot contribute positively to the depression
0: mm-hmm. exactly and i do think because of the depression, he sees the more realistic of like not to say that the others don't, because Bill fully acknowledges that he's a carnivore. But I think Lego She really just wanted to fit in and belong somewhere. And, you know, he wanted to be perceived as normal so badly. But like even when uh he's talking to Kai, yes, about how he got into the the drama club because you have to be you pretty much have to have something special about you or traumatic about you (laughs) to get in and um Louis for Louis it was just Louis's life for, like, uh, Legoshi, we're not really told what specifically is, and, like, you're presuming that is the fact that he doesn't accept the fact that he's a carnivore. He tries so desperately to just belong and to feel accepted and not to be feared because he's such, he has such a gentle soul. That's what he has. I was trying to think of what the wording was.
1: I agree with you, but I also, I want to go on record. Officially, Ooh, I'm going to okay. do it now and I'm going to leave it in the episode. That is a red herring.
0: That he's a gentle soul?
1: that that's why he's in the drama club
0: oh i I think it's a red herring too that's why i said it's made for you to believe
1: yes i don't know i don't know what happened i don't know how he was brought up but jesus fucking christ as my witness that is not the reason
0: no it's not i mean again i think that's the red herring i totally agree that's why i said like you're made to believe that way I totally think this is not to be offensive or anything like that. I've just been through traumatic shit, and so I know for me and for people that I've seen go through traumatic shit, a personality change one eighty is really a good indicator. And I think that's what happened to Legoshi. I don't think he was yeah. just like always this quiet, reserved person. I think, I mean, maybe he saw violence between his parents, or he was surrounded, Ooh, or made he believe see that see
1: them was- massacre something.
0: Ooh. Ooh, ooh!
1: I don't know if I want it to be that, but I do want to go on record. So I'll leave that in the episode.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a red herring for sure, no doubt in my mind. I think for again, I think for Legoshi in general, I think he has his hair like red herring thing going on there. But yeah, mm. I think he is probably the most terrified of all the carnivores about accepting the carnivore because of something he's seen. Which is why when you said, like, his parents may have murdered someone in front of him, I wouldn't be shocked by that because he probably didn't want to be like them. Yeah, and so it would make sense to me that way.
1: Knowing that that thing is inside you, and it also gives credence. I have it in my notes later, but when Goheen... Uh, the panda tells him mm-hmm. to uh, tame the beast inside him, and that's what it means to be a man. Yes, I'm I, like I'm starting to connect things in my brain now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think a good comparison with Lagoshi and the fact that he's a you know considered a predator is in Zootopia. The main character is Judy, who is a small rabbit from a rabbit burrow. Very
1: much Haru if she was pure badass. I don't know. About badass.
0: <laughs> Well, I think you always badass just differently from Judy. Judy's more in-your-face badass.
1: I think you just relate too much with Judy, so you're projecting your badassery onto her.
0: I relate so much to Judy. It was so sad. <laughs> I've never related to a buddy so much.
1: <laughs> and Nick is, like, almost legacy, but not quite.
0: Almost, yeah.
1: He, he does go through, like, that... That whole transformation of, like, I'm not the species that I was born into.
0: Yeah. Because he he was like, I don't care if I'm a considered a predator. All I care about is being in this. Pretty much it was a Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. He went. He was so excited. His mom, like, scraped up enough money for a new suit. And then when he went, they attacked him and put a muzzle on him and said, you really think we would let a fox in here? We know what your kind does. And it was so traumatizing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's, there's definitely a whole thing in Zootopia that, just to make it plain, we are drawing parallels between Beastars and Zootopia because personally, I view Zootopia as uh, sort of like a slightly more dumbed down version of Beastars?
0: It definitely is. Like
1: like if if I wanted to share B stars with like mm-hmm. a younger audience, I would first show them Zootopia to like just get them accustomed to the idea. Yeah. But there's definitely a theme in Zootopia that's not really explored, at least not in the first season, of Beastars And that is sort of creating your own monster, which is a thing in our society. If you marginalize a community to the point where they start behaving like your prejudice says that they do, even if they didn't start out that way, that's a heavy thing in Zootopia. But yeah, because like Nick is, you know, when he was younger, he was pure and he wanted to be in like, you know, whatever the the animal scouts, I'm going to call them. Yeah. And they treated him, you know, you're a fox. We know what you do. And then look at him in, like, his introduction in the movie. He is doing what a fox does.
0: Yeah, he was cunning. He was scamming people. Man, I can't tell you enough how much I relate to Zootopia. And the last thing I want to do is go watch another Disney movie and just relate when I'm about to be 30. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I related so much to Judy. I cannot even tell you. Ugh. The reason why I brought up Judy is Judy, again, was a rabbit, and she wanted to be a cop, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, she was thought to be, you know, you're too small, there's never been a cop rabbit before, like, what the fuck are you doing? And she had prejudice against her because of the fact she was small, even though she, anytime you saw her have issues because of her shortness, or because of her height, or uh, because she's just a small person in general, you then saw her find ways to accommodate herself. Mm-hmm. to be able to do her job in an efficient manner within her own limits. So I think that's why I brought her up because, like, again, she she's the opposite of Legoshi in the fact that she's a prey, but they are both being stereotyped by what they are supposed to be doing or who they're supposed to be because of their own species. And they're
1: attempting to circumvent all of it.
0: So like you said, like, Zootopia is a perfect way to introduce, like, younger generations to this mm-hmm. concept, for sure. Like, it was disappointment in that movie like i felt like it came across everything very well because i know a lot of people freak out they're like that's too heavy of a subject honestly considering that is disney i did not cry which was great and so (laughs) it handled the topic i think very well and the fact that it made you question made you have to think more it made you have realize some issues going on in their society and mm-hmm. made you question it and like question if that's really the right thing to do. I like that even at one point, even though the bunny was trying to be good, she let her own prejudices get in the way on how she spoke about the issue going on. I think in Beastars, it's the, sa- the same thing happens, but they attack it much more with depth to it where it makes you cry. <laughs> Yeah. It has that ability to make you cry. So that's why I'm saying, like, I think that's why when we were talking about this, the two really sound similar in how they address things and how they want to go about things. But they also handle some stuff very differently. Because, again, this was a Disney movie, so there's not going to be bloodshed. Like, the most you saw was three scratches and a wound on the leg. That was it. You never really saw much more than that gruesome-wise. Relating back to Beastars, though, again, Lego she's Predator... he's chill but he has all like when haru was getting picked on by those rapids that really um hated the fact that her boyfriend slept with haru they ran when they saw legoshi right and i remember haru thought she made them run which is so cute it was so cute she was so she was so proud
1: so proud of herself
0: (laughs) and just to turn around and see legoshi she was like fuck
1: <laughs> she literally was like oh it's you
0: it's you again that means i didn't do shit that means they're gonna do this again but nothing's gonna change
1: they didn't for the rest of the season
0: that's true that is true it was because of the fact that they were terrified of mm-hmm. the ongoing murders i mean we started the season off with a murder in the school so you already know that the killer's in the school
1: yes which we will get to that's also a thing but I wanted to highlight three specific examples of discrimination. Ooh, I would love to. Because they are distinct, but they open up interesting conversations, I would, I would think.
0: Okay, let's see if it happens.
1: So the first one is actually in episode one. Oh, okay. After the initial attack that starts the series. Mm-hmm. And the drama club is bickering against each other. And then the teacher, the pelican, comes in and he is welcomed by literally the representation of the entire struggle because the herbivores are on one side of the room carnivores are on the other side of the room and they are just hurling insults and derogatory remarks mm-hmm. at each other mm-hmm. and i am a huge fan of indirect symbolism that has like nothing called to it like nobody says hey we're on two different sides or no but we over here and you over there the like
0: Physical action of it though was striking. Yeah,
1: literally just like splitting the population in two, and the teacher coming in because he literally walks in, and then he's standing in the center mm-hmm. with the groups on either side, and I was just like, oh, symbolism.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it really sets the stage, especially being like episode one, like you know, yeah. there's tension now.
0: Yeah, because it happened. In the school, which means that either it has to be a student or a teacher. Yes. Because there was a tax, I believe, before that one in the city, just not within school grounds at that point.
1: Right. And I do believe that was the only one on school grounds during the season. But they became more and more popular off screen.
0: Yeah, that was the only death at the school on screen, right. for sure. The I mean, there was violence, like we said before, there's violence at the school between like Bill and Legoshi during the play. And then, um, what's his face? Uh-huh. Oh, Legoshi. His name's Legoshi. When Legoshi uh, attacked Haru, I could not remember, I, I was the visualizing the scene. face
1: I made.
0: <laughs> I was visualizing the scene, and then I was like, but what's his name? But I and I have my notes you? in front of me, and I was looking. I was like, I don't understand who this is, though. <laughs> oh my god! The one big gray wolf in the show that's male, and I couldn't remember. So, if uh, just a side note, I've been having a great week, guys. <laughs> you know, if that
1: didn't illustrate the point,
0: <laughs> I'm doing so well.
1: Uh. The second example I wanted to bring up is mm-hmm. in episode eight. When okay. Legoshi and Haru are on their way back to campus from the the festival grounds, and he tries to like have a conversation with her, <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't want to talk, and he ends up mm-hmm. grabbing her hand and or her arm, mm-hmm. and then all these people gather around. She indicates that a carnivore could be arrested just for seeming any type of aggressive towards a herbivore,
0: especially right then, because of the fact that. There's been so many attacks. Yes. It would always happen, but it was even more likely to occur.
1: Right, because attention would be called to it.
0: Yes, and there was tension. There was like 10 people or so around them who kept saying, What are you doing? Let go of her. Right. What are you you doing? And he had no idea because he had to listen to Haru because he had no idea that he could get in trouble for that. Like, legitimately no idea because he just wanted to talk to her and, you know. Yeah,
1: in the moment, it wasn't even like aggression. It was just like, please, I'm just trying to talk to you.
0: Yeah, it it was very sad. because it went from him just not being able to communicate but wanting to to run if you don't want to get arrested
1: (laughs) the final instance that i wanted to kind of bring up is Mm -hmm. kind of related to the first one but it's different it's actually in episode 11 while Legacy is fighting the boss Mm -hmm. and the fucking i used to know the name of the species but the the baboon lady finds legachi's backpack takes it to his room and is <gasps> interrogating his roommates about where he is and all of this other stuff mm-hmm. and it is spurred on specifically because he has books on behaviors of and how to befriend small herbivores specifically rabbits it's in so his cute. backpack if you came into that without context, I get the assumption. That looks so bad. Oh. But I also, like, I can't be, like, stressed out about it while I'm watching it, because I'm just like, oh, they hadn't included that detail. Oh, he just loves
0: Haru. Or he, like, really likes Haru, and he just wants to befriend her. And he just chose the wrong time in life to do it. <laughs>
1: he chose the wrong body to do it in, too. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Well, it's not like Haru doesn't find him attractive. It's not that.
1: Right, because she also has to come to terms with that, too.
0: Yeah, because that is something to note, because she even has trouble befriending him. Like, not only because she always acknowledges he's so awkward. Like, she forces that out. But the real issue, I think, for her and for him is the fact that he is a wolf. She has always been taught to be fearful, especially of predators like that, because she is a small dwarf rabbit. And, she, I mean, she was the runt of her own litter. Like, she's one of the yeah. ones. So that's her own prejudice coming out in that. Because she does acknowledge that she finds him attractive. Because, I mean, she's ready to dick down with him the first time they met.
1: She's never been with a carnivore before.
0: That's what I always say, too. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Unless you had something to add to that list. I also have a shortlist of specific confrontations that don't really get resolutions. Oh, okay. The first one is drumroll please. In episode four, Give It Your All, we had mentioned it earlier, when Bill and Legacy fight in the bathroom because of the rabbit's blood. Yes! The only real conclusion that this gets is later on the stage, and even then it's not really resolved. No. It's more so that Louie takes over and is like, quit your
0: actually if anything the issue kind of escalates later when the kids go to the city for the yes article.
1: there's a nice debate to be had mm-hmm. i will amend your previous statement he did not buy it at the black market as far as we know oh bill claims that he got it off of a senior who assured him it's not a student's blood
0: Oh, I guess I totally skipped that part. Yeah,
1: okay. I did. I mean, he could be lying. It's fucking Bill. We'll get into that. Yeah. But meh, that's what he said. So we kind of have to take that at least for a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, you're no, you are totally correct. I just did not recall that detail at all. Mm-hmm. Especially since the black market is kind of a big issue later. I presumed re- in my recall that I was the black market
1: again right i do have to assume we'll get into it mm-hmm. because the black market is actually my second point Ooh. but because of how bill reacts when they're there i almost feel like that was his first time
0: oh yeah you're right
1: the whole conversation that bill and legacy have is that legacy might be happy staying in the shadows but bill wants the spotlight and in order to outshine specifically louis he believes that he is justified in dosing with rabbit's blood just to put a little pep in his step. Mm-hmm. Which could be correlated to, you know, shooting a rail or something before a show say, or yeah, shooting up before lifting weights or, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Actually, in the way it's described in the show kind of makes it sound very similar to uh Star Wars, for sure. Yeah. It could also be related to uh shooting a rail as like to uh call it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's more likely uh, related to steroids. It makes him stronger, it gives him more energy, is habit forming just like steroids are, so it causes uh, mood swings if you don't get it. It messes with your hormones because, like, either one can make you manic and make you switch moods because you don't have it, can make mm-hmm. you more aggressive. So, either way you describe it, I think is correct for his rapid blood issue. And you can definitely see it coming out in his strength against Legoshi, for sure.
1: Oh yeah, that yeah. whole actual fight, like... Woof.
0: Yeah, exactly. It did chemically do something to him.
1: Which we will also get into, but...
0: Yeah, because you can you see it in other examples, but it's one of those ways that is enhancing the chemistry within the body of these characters. Right. So it gave him the strength, endurance, and ability to ignore pain that Legoshi did not have the fact that he did stand up against him was a big deal and his loss was a big deal for that reasoning too because like she didn't give up even though bill attacked him it wasn't like he let go of the issue at all
1: right the only sort of like cut-in that we had from his uh morals is actually at the end of the bathroom altercation when he realizes that bill may be right and he's like i really don't have any room to judge yeah but but then he rebounds he gets better
0: yeah he he kind of i think it's one of those things where again he has a lot of guilt for what he did to Harvey just in general so he automatically anytime i something's going wrong against a herbivore, or especially a rabbit, he's going to be extra protective about the issue. I think it was one of those situations where, again, he's like, I can't really judge, but it's not. It's also like, he's not really seeking out rabbit's blood. Although it was like an instinct when he did attack Haru, it wasn't like he went out looking for it, like Bill went out looking for this rabbit's blood.
1: Yeah. There's also something to say about how there's like a, a trope, a saying, there's something about temptation and you you can't ignoring temptation isn't mm-hmm. the way to beat it you have to be around the temptation and be stronger than it and i think that legacy embodies the ignoring a temptation he he doesn't want yeah. at least in the beginning to acknowledge his instincts
0: no he does he still does it for a lot of the show
1: right and that's mm-hmm. why it ends up like exploding out at certain points because he's in situations that call for him to tap into it but he's never really tapped into it before so it just kind of like hulk style breaks out
0: i you know me i love a hulk style breakout <laughs> mm.
1: and bill maybe to him symbolizes what he kind of wishes he could be we'll get into why that's wrong Ooh. but like bill is literally tempting his own temptation he's playing with it and using it to his advantage, which Legacy right now has no interest in. But at the same time, he may be like, you know, I, I wish I could be like that.
0: The vial of rabbit's blood is kind of thought of as a drug because of the fact that it does make you kind of insane and you do crave it more. Like you were saying with Bill egging it on. So he's kind of doing it kind of like um, if you've known any person who struggled with drugs or alcohol at any point, they usually will say, like, I can stop at any time. I don't need this. Hmm. Like, this is not required. But, you know, it's an aid to them. And just like Bill described it, it was an aid to him for his pep, for his what? It's one of those ways where I think it's another subtle indication of the prejudices um, held within society. Where if you do seek out the blood, like even though it is illegal and stuff, you're considered like a drug addict, basically. Yeah. That's the level they consider you as, which is another prejudice. Usually, like in society, if someone has a drug issue, it's usually not because of for fun it's usually a chemical dependence that happened to them. And they now have a mental instability and they need help to get off the drug and to get clean. Because of that chemical dependence that they now have developed. And like you were saying, Bill is playing with that fine line. And I think as mm-hmm. we see throughout the rest of the season, even though it's not really described a lot, I do think he continues to play with that line. Because even though we don't see him use the blood again, I do think he goes a little bit erratic at different points. But again, these are supposed to be teenagers, like 17, 18 year olds. So it could just be a normal hormone charge going through him, but I do think he's probably in that society considered like a starting addict. Like he's starting a habit that he's going to have an issue with as he continues through life.
1: The next thing I want to talk about kind of leads into basically almost everything else I wanted to talk about this episode. Okay. So that's why I kind of left it for last.
0: I'm here. I'm ready.
1: And, of course, that is, because uh, everything else is, like, leads off of that, but that doesn't make this the last item. hmm And that is the black market. Okay. So we are introduced to the black market as a concept in episode six, and then later on in the a- actual same episode, we actually see the black market. It is literally, like, a bazaar. B- bazaar? 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 I don't know how to say that without it sounding like the English word, but, you know, like a marketplace, a bazaar. That
0: Like a flea market. Sure, we'll, yeah. we'll do that.
1: It's like a flea market, but the basically only item for sale is meat. We are actually introduced to it as a physical thing pretty much by accident. The group of the Black Panther, Legacy, Alba, and Bill get lost in the city trying to get back to the train station, and Legacy stops to ask uh, what looks like a homeless man
0: oh, <laughs> for <God>. directions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And the depravity of the city, particularly at night and particularly near the black market, as we find out a few seconds later, Mm -hmm. is put on full display as the man completely ignores what Legacy is saying and believes that he wants to bite off one of his fingers from his hand for a non-trivial amount of money.
0: Mm -hmm. Each finger had a different price on it, too.
1: Yes. I think it was his pinky was the highest. I wonder if that's more the most painful.
0: I don't think it, I don't think I was trying to think of the most painful. I think it's the most it's probably one of those kind of like superstitions, kind of like a rabbit's foot. I was thinking like it like a could be a superstition one okay. where it's like if you eat it like you get good luck or something. That's how I interpreted it. I could be extremely wrong. <laughs> but that's my mind thinking of it, at least.
1: Open to interpretation.
0: Yeah. And I think the market is actually not a flea market. It's better looked at as like a farmer's market. It's where instead of all the fresh produce you would see, you see fresh meat everywhere.
1: It's actually described later by Goheen as well as the general partakers of the black market. And Mm -hmm. even Bill recognizes that it is a societal staple. Otherwise, society would literally collapse. Without this mm-hmm. secret illegal market where carnivores can buy and consume meat. Mm-hmm. They run into the homeless man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what animal okay. he's supposed to be.
0: I just like the little joshi that he And
1: so they run into this, this man that uh, is offering up his fingers for money. Mm-hmm. And Bill wants to split the cost of a finger between the four of them.
0: Yeah,
1: but legacy freaks out. They have a slight verbal alter- altercation and legacy says something to the effect of if this would it's like, or th- if this is what it means to be an adult, I don't want it. And he literally takes off through the black market mm-hmm. instead of away.
0: Well, to be fair, when we see the va- uh, black market visually, it looks like there's an exit on the other side. So if he just runs straight through, he actually may get closer to like the bus stop, which is what they were looking for, or bus I station. Mean,
1: he could, but he could just as easily not go through the black market. But He's
0: a 17-year-old boy who is having identity crisis and moral dilemmas. Give him yes. a break.
1: Including an anxiety attack and a salivation mm-hmm. attack because when he finally does get to the other side of the black market, he rams into a wall mm-hmm. thinking about Haru and says, why can't I stop salivating and then proceeds to pass out.
0: Yeah, he was a little overwhelmed. Just
1: a, just a wee bit.
0: Just a smidge. I did want to bring up one thing that was interesting was okay. just because you, do, you did mention it already um, with the stranger that they meet who offers one of his fingers to them. He even says to, I think it was Legoshi, just make it quick. Just, you know, one bite. Mm -hmm. If they were going to split a finger, that would mean either they would literally peck at this man alive, or one of them would have had to bite it and trust that he would split it. And we all know Bill was not going to do that. (laughs) Right. It is one of those things, too, because I don't remember if you mentioned this, but he is already missing fingers. Oh, yes. He is already missing fingers, so he's done this several times already. At least, like, four, I think.
1: Which is probably why he was like, just make it quick. Single bite.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things where he's a homeless man, and he's selling himself. So it's just like in our society, where we have the prejudices against homeless people, and then they have to do anything they can do to survive. He's selling off parts of himself to make some money to survive. What's going to happen when he's out of fingers? I think he already said he was out of toes. Or um, he already was working on toes or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, because I think the toes were mentioned. So it's like, once he's out of toes and fingers, does he go for limbs? What is- The limit, and that's the point. Is like you have to demean yourself in order to live, and then people act like, look at what they're doing to themselves. It's like, yeah, because no one's willing to help them, and even in their society, it shows that even though they're all animals, they also choose who they will let you know slide past them, and who they're okay with selling their bodies and even buying them for the night whether it's a finger or sex and then later acting like there you are too good for that person when you just bought that person so you're not a good person in general because you just made it about you gain a service where you're taking advantage of someone rather than helping or gain an actual skill from them i just want to relate that back to another of our societal issues that's again being plagued into the show and it's even though, again, it's animals. Like, it's about the predators versus prey. It just shows another level of, this is just a societal issue no matter what society you're looking at. If you were looking at this in the wild, let me tell you, meerkats devoured so easily. Things like that. It's just like, even if you were looking at it from animal perspectives, they're still showing the same characteristics. These are just humanoids in a way. And so you're seeing all the extra depth of issues facing society, which is, like I was saying, homeless in society, homeless in their society. Very same issues you're facing.
1: I also hope that we are painting the evidence for saying that Zootopia is a much better introduction for younger audiences because this show gets so deep. In avenues you would never expect.
0: Not at all. Like I just said, like, I was, I'm just comparing homelessness between our society and stars. Like, Zootopia is so nice. And let me tell you, if you relate to little Judy, contact me. We have a lot of therapy to go through, guys. We got this. We just need to get together. Because I relate too much to that little rabbit. And I need to talk to someone.
1: <laughs> Twitter handle can be found on the official podcast's Twitter profile, with an underscore after it
0: yeah so tweet me even tweet me your therapist just tell me who you're seeing to get over this judy issue because i need help and i don't think my therapist is gonna know what to do with this when i see her tomorrow
1: i relate to a bunny
0: she's just gonna be like not the assignment but do go on (laughs) (laughs) not this week's assignment at all
1: the next point I wanted to make, as we said before, a lot happens in episode six. But mm-hmm. after Legacy passes out and he is scooped up and muzzled mm-hmm. by Goheen, and we get his introduction, mm-hmm. Goheen the Panda Laca. serves as the guard for the black market. Mm-hmm. And when he saw Legacy pass out and borderline having a par- panic attack, mm-hmm. He cites that the only time carnivores act like that at the black market is when they have tasted fresh meat before.
0: Yes, I forgot about that.
1: However, Legacy has not. Mm -hmm. So, the confusion, it happens. But he gets him, binds him, muscles him, and then proceeds to interrogate him. Mm -hmm. Legacy does confess to, like, attacking Haru and says that he's struggling with feelings about her Mm -hmm. and all of this other stuff. And Goheen is fucking appalled that he still talks to Haru. Yeah. He also upholds all of the societal stigma against carnivores. Mm -hmm. Just railing into legacy so hard verbally, but it's more so of a place from a place of like duty, Mm -hmm. like he knows what the truth is. He's not speaking from a place of fear. It's just like, I know how carnivores act and that's why you're here.
0: I wanted to bring note to him because he is pretty much the guard of the black market. He pretty much keeps everyone safe and um, those who do have addictions, that's why he's there. It's more to keep those kind of people from getting out of hand. I am Mm -hmm. looking up though because I thought at one point, um, and I could be very wrong about this, I thought uh, Legoshi even asked him at one point because technically he's an omnivore. So he eats meat and vegetables, I remember that because I think Lego. She asked him because he's a big, muscly panda, and he's like, "What the fuck? How do you like sustain yourself?" Because he doesn't drink blood, he doesn't do that. He thinks it's uh, Klaus's judgment and his ability to keep the black market safe. So he actually yes stays uh, vegetarian, basically, even though he's always around blood. He was another example for Lego of breaking the stereotype in a way. Like he's in the middle of it and he doesn't partake. And he could. He has the ability to do that as a carnivore and be satisfied with it. But he chooses not to to keep others safe. Because even though it is a black market, it's semi-controlled in a way. Like, those who choose to sell their own meats is like that. Granted, I don't know how they get these meats. So I don't know if we're, like, killing, we're getting some dead bodies or what we're doing. And that could be an option, too. It could be, like, we have the option in our society to donate to science. Maybe they have the option, if they're healthy, to donate to the meat market. Yes. Yes. So that was one of my theories on how did they get the supply. Because, again, we know how they get their regular food, which is mostly a vegetarian with uh, eggs palate. But how did they get this supply for the meat? Like, that would be a lot of people to just kill. (laughs) And no one give a fuck. And so either I think it's people who, you know, willingly like the stranger that they first meet in front of the meat market, or it's people who potentially donate to the meat market.
1: Given what we know about the governmental structure of the city given how the mayor reacts to certain things i wouldn't be surprised if there's also like some sort of ring going on that just when a person passes if they literally have no family never been visited can't find next of kin anything like mm-hmm. that they just go ahead and instead of investing in a funeral give them to the market
0: i can see that there i think there's several ways they probably handle it but given the situations i think it's just on the download on how that is handled cuz it is technically legal but mm-hmm. We also gotta acknowledge the fact that their mayor is a lion. So your mayor is a predator by nature and a carnivore by nature. Mm -hmm. Even though these attacks were very scary, it is interesting that no one seems to really butt against the mayor. Like he is one of the people that most of society is afraid of, yet he's the one in charge getting them of the whole community.
1: So there is uh, a little bit of an explanation for that when he breaks the news to Louis that Haru's been taken. Mm -hmm. And he explains that through college, he knew he wanted to be the mayor, which is sad in and of itself, but you know, whatever. And so like straight out of college, he had a series of surgeries to replace his fangs with normal teeth. Yeah. And so he has gone to every length to make him seem less intimidating. Yeah. And more comforting, specifically to yeah. the Herpivore population.
0: The whole time I was thinking that he looks more like frequent and kind of like elevated of the carnivores for sure. Like, he dresses in a mm-hmm. nice suit. Like, he puts time into his appearance to make him a lot more digestible to the uh, herbivore's eyes. Right. And to see his policies and not see him as someone that could attack them. Which, I, again, I agree. It's just, like, one of those things where you don't know everyone's name. Even though he is less intimidating, you don't know if he is at the black market getting a little vial of his own for his, like, monthly shot of rabbit's blood. So that's what I mean more so. It's like, I think it's more so like yes he's more digestible to the eyes but if I was a herbivore and I had all these prejudices against these predators so much that even Legoshi this quiet depressed being who lets people fist his mouth is gonna attack me I'm fucking nuts like I'm on something because like there, there's no way that kid's gonna hurt me out of everyone bill i i fucking don't trust that bitch i would not let that Mm. bitch near me but that's what i'm saying it's like one of those things where it's like and i have such these prejudices that i think they'll get their blood at any point but you are right like he does have years of service so maybe it's just because they do have trust in him and he hasn't shown any um disloyalty to the herbivores
1: yeah another uh big thing that goheen does for mm-hmm. the story and for Legacy is show him his wall of miscreants.
0: Oh, I forgot about that.
1: I don't know if it's every carnivore that he takes into his lair, but definitely some of them are deserving of being taken polaroids of and put on his wall Mm -hmm. all of them seem to be like super bad examples of what happens when a carnivore gets a taste for fresh meat and then tries to ignore it Mm -hmm. you have ones that have chewed off their own limbs you have some that are losing hair because of stress and of particular importance to the current story he points to one and says and i quote one carnivore ate the herbivore because he loved her so much
0: yeah
1: i'm sure that didn't help legacy at all
0: i don't know what you're talking about i think he's i think he did fine after that
1: <laughs> after that but like in the moment uh, like what the oh fuck?
0: <laughs> in the moment uh that's a little different
1: <laughs> he definitely rebounded but i'm sure yeah. in the moment it like slapped him like a baked ham i don't know why i said why? like a baked ham but yeah <laughs> i'd imagine that hurts i don't know
0: okay is that a southern saying that i've just never heard of no
1: it's it's just a me thing that I just made up.
0: Okay. I just <laughs> and I've just want... never
1: said it before. I'll probably never say it again.
0: Okay. All right. Okay.
1: But anyway, <laughs> as the guard to... I was about to say to the black garden. Oh holy Jesus.
0: Oh, as God. the guard
1: to the black market goheen will routinely soft key abduct <laughs> carnivores that he gets bad vibes from. And will attempt to rehabilitate them before sending them back out into society. Yeah. We see Goheen a total of two more times after that. And this leads to my next point, which okay. is really about the culmination of Legacy coming to terms with what he is and where he is in it. But the next time we see Goheen is before Legacy, he makes it to the Shishigumi hideout and he tries to enlist Goheen's help and get him to tell him where it is and all this other stuff. This is also one of the first scenes that he outright confesses to somebody that he is in love with haru he also specifically mentions that he needs to atone for the sins that he has committed against her as a carnivore which really shows a how society views being a carnivore Mm -hmm. and b how he has internalized that and how he is very much embarrassed and ashamed to be a carnivore
0: you hit on the head with that statement yeah he's definitely ashamed of being a convo, which is just so sad
1: i mean like i get it i have my own semi-related struggles that i'm not gonna go into because that's a whole different topic
0: that's a whole different episode
1: i don't even think that's podcast material to be honest pretty much everything else in my brain is fine i don't think that part is
0: i was kidding i'm sorry <laughs> it was a true joke. I didn't know it was going to hit. I'm no, you're sorry. good.
1: The next and last time, uh, as far as we know, that we see mm-hmm. Goheen is when he inexplicably saves Legashi from being shot by a lion. Yeah. When he has found the Shishigumi hideout. This scene, as I mentioned earlier, this episode is very much where we start to see the culmination. We start, because the the whole season, we've had society telling Legacy what he is and what he should be. We've had peers telling him what he is and what he should be. We've had enemies telling him what he is and what he should be. We've had Louis, whichever one he falls into, telling him what he is and what he should be. And we've had legacy just struggling because he he knows what society views him as he knows what he his instincts tell him to be but he wants to be neither of those things. And so it's really about coming into your own and owning whatever it is that you have, and expressing that and using that to productive use. And it's very much summed up by the quote from Goheen, where he says, The right path is always the hardest, but it's worth it. Tame the beast inside of you. That's what it takes to be a man in this world.
0: Ooh, that's heavy.
1: Yes, he has struggled this entire time because he's been trying to hit... The stride in both of these paths that everybody is telling him he needs to be on one or the other, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't belong on either of those paths. He belongs in a middle path, which he finds in this episode. And we'll get into the beauty of the scene where he finally confronts the boss, where he hears Goheen say it, and he allows his instincts to take over like one quote final time for the big fight. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just glorious to me. Just the, the notion of like, yes, I have been afraid, ashamed of everything that I am, but now I have found a purpose for it. And that's what it means to be an adult. That's what it means to exist is owning what you are and using it to do what you want and what you love. Mm hmm. Yeah, anything to add to that part?
0: No, I think, again, I think you hit it right on the head. Like I said earlier, when related to Zootopia, like, you know, we saw... A tiny rabbit go and like with the help of a fox solve a major case that no one wanted to help her with they were trying to get her off the force it's one of, again like one of those things where you know she was fighting against all these prejudices against her but she was able to do what she needed to do to do her job and so we see that a lot in society where we see people who are finally able through therapy to get to that point and like in society legoshi would have probably made that escalation through therapy or through actions uh happening in his life like legoshi does in this show or it could have been something like judy and zootopia where she is battling societal ideals because of what she wants to do and be in life Mm -hmm. in both situations you gotta be able to accept the fact that you are who you are you may have some bad habits that you can change, but there's maybe some stuff you can't immediately change by yourself. But you have to work with what you have and change as you go if you want to change, to be able to do what you want and what you love. Yes. Lego, she is trying to learn to accept the carnivore. What you see too with him is. In order to not to be pressured into a violence, he usually remains passive. He tries not to have emotions or depth emotions in an effort to contain himself. It's one of those situations where it's like, by accepting his carnivore, he needs to accept his emotions and he needs to learn how his emotions actually affect his actions and how to control the negative ones that could affect his life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's still figuring out exactly what that path looks like for him, but he at least knows he's on the path.
0: He knows that path has opened up for him. Yes. Again, I think it's so relatable, and that's why I say, like, for myself, if I'm comparing the two, like Judy in Zootopia is a similar thing. She makes me emote and relate to her in a different way than Lego. She does, but Lego she's so much more raw and deep and you can immediately connect with it somehow. And that's why, again, do not let small children watch Beastars. Make them watch Zootopia. (laughs) If you want to get the same message across, do not damage your children with Beastars if they're under the age of, like, 13. Unless
1: you're really into that, but even then, you might want to rethink it.
0: Again, I think not until 13. (laughs) Between the... At least. Sexual, um intensities in it, some a lot of the subject matter like we've talked about, definitely wait until they're at least a teenager <laughs> because I don't even think before that they can really grasp it and they'll just be very emotional and not understand why. And it's very hard to understand those complex thoughts at that point. So let's not do that to our small kids. Yeah, I think you are entirely right about Legoshi. I think he's in the meat of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I'm actually gonna... I'm gonna have to bounce around in my notes a little bit because I have a direct quote for the big scene. Okay. Because that's how I take my notes. There's a line that I really like.
0: That's how I usually do it. Yeah.
1: But all of this really comes to a head and the notion behind that quote from Goheen is really backed up during the fight in the following episode between Legacy and the Shishigumi boss. And it's when he flashes back to a conversation he had with Jack where they're discussing that all animals are basically just trying to make sense of the world and be the best of their species that they can be in their own way. And so I really, I really appreciate that.
0: You are easily able to feel for them in these different situations, especially when they're facing some kind of prejudice and you don't understand why they're behaving like that. Like, sometimes it was hard to understand why the herbivores, especially ones who knew Legoshi for years, were scared of Legoshi all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. It's stuff like that that happens. These prejudices come out of nowhere and people who were civil for so long suddenly have this prejudice and people are seeing it and they're like, I never knew this side of you. Like, what the fuck? That's what Legoshi faces. Again, I know it's a big difference, but um, in a way, the show does use species and the prey versus predator or herbivore versus carnivore in an attempt to express the different relationships we have in society. Whether it's between different races, different sexualities, in like legoshi and haru's case, it would be like a interracial couple or an interabled couple, mm-hmm. and um, being seen as a one is weaker than the other, even though they're they are in a partnership. They just some. Them have different weaknesses and strengths, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's how every relationship is. But again, like I, I think this show is so powerful for it being able to discuss these societal issues in a, I think a less threatening way. It's a good way to say it. But it addresses such impactful moments of people's lives. I mean, people's lives have literally been changed because of a prejudice that has been used against them. Like, that changed the whole course. Like, we said in Zootopia, that was Nick's issue... Uh, that's what happened with Nick, which was the animal scouts bullied and assaulted him, and that changed the course of his life for him. Throughout the, the movie, you see that he, except the fact that he's a fox, but he doesn't have to fit into the mold of what a fox is supposed to be, like, what society thinks. And I think legacy is on that path, but like we said, like we're not, we just started the path. Um, It's a new path, it's just getting cleared out, we're working on it.
1: Right. And speaking of the path... Yeah. So... I finally rearranged all my notes, or I found the other file that I had it on. I do, because we haven't yet, have to mention uh, Beatley, who is Legacy's pet beetle, that apparently he has been, it seems like, nursing back to health after something happened to it.
0: I forgot about Beatley! I just had to look it up because I was like, wait, what? <laughs>
1: There's a flashback to it in the uh, earlier part of the season where, I think it's actually episode 10, but where he, like, takes it out of its little uh, habitat and letting it crawl all over him and he's talking to Jack about him and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it seems that Beatley and his relationship to Legacy serves as a symbolism for his dedication for making small animals feel safe and comfortable around him.
0: Oh, that's true. But...
1: Um, at the beginning of episode 11, Beatley dies. Yeah. And again, this is in the middle of the altercation with the boss. Jack discovers Beatley is dead, and then we cut back to the fight. And so what happens is they're tussling, and while the boss is getting a slight upper hand over legacy he has a thought to himself and he says something to the effect of i know why i was born a wolf now and he turns to haru and he tells her you're not gonna want to see this i'm sure he also apologizes but Mm -hmm. he like pushes the boss off of him they both resolve independently and to each other that they want to resolve this fight really quickly Mm -hmm. and legacy like centers himself preparing for his next attack and the spirit of beatley appears on his hand and then flies off and that is a great symbolism for like the purpose of beatley is done like beatley has died he no longer is hindered by the fact that he wants smaller animals to feel safe around him he's going to use his natural abilities to make that happen. And so we get this beautiful quote while he's going in and out against the boss and I'm actually going to read it. So if you don't like if you don't like my voice's legacy, you can literally suck my ass.
0: You're going to do in his voice?
1: I don't know if I can muster that.
0: Oh, I th- I thought that's what you said.
1: <coughs> but he does say,
0: mm-hmm.
1: "There's nothing to fear. These claws are for you. These fangs are for you.
0: Ugh.
1: I will be your beast." <laughs>
0: That sounds like like a vampire novel mixed with an erotic Beauty and the Beast novel. That's what that statement sounds like.
1: Stephanie Meyer, you stay the fuck away from Beastars.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's a good point you made. <laughs>
1: but yeah, and then he literally rips the boss's neck out.
0: <laughs> Yum.
1: But yes, a beautiful culmination to the entire struggle. That legacy has been facing, and though we have not reached any sort of conclusion with it, we have seen the path open for him. Mm. He is at least aware now that there is a third path that he can walk down, and he identifies more closely with that path than the previous ones.
0: I think that's a good point to bring up, is the fact that it seems to be two paths that everyone is put on in this society. And those are the two paths, like, you have to decide which one you're on. But Legoshi also explores that idea where you don't need to fit into either path, you can create your own path. Mm -hmm. That's right for you. I think that's one of those things, again, that a lot of people struggle with, whether you're in high school or like 39. It's very hard to just be acknowledging that you don't fit a certain path and you have to create your own. For some people, that's regarding like uh, fertility issues, like creating your own path on that, or just creating your own path in life in general. Different from what you grew up with or different from your family expectations or societal expectations. Oh, yeah. I think it's a very positive path he chose for himself that will make him more happy in the long run now what will be interesting though is how that path develops for him because like all paths they're not a straight line they always curves and there's always misdirections so what is his path gonna be because his path is gonna be unusual but how much and what are we gonna see next season that'll just emphasize that
1: we do get some teasers of some curveballs ooh which to kind of close out the episode because i know we talked a lot about some heavy topics and Mm -hmm. i know you said you had some fun things to talk about i
0: have some fun things now whether other people decide they're fun we're gonna find out
1: they're at least not about the problems with society
0: oh no no this is gonna be fucked up though we're gonna start with a big one which is in the bill and lego she fight who won who do you think truly won when it comes down to it? Like, physically, Bill won. But when we come down to it, who do you think won mentally in that battle?
1: Bill didn't have the high ground mentally or morally anyway. Mm-hmm. But Louis' sheer presence made Bill run off defeated, he told him. Oh. Go. You have tainted my stage.
0: That is true. That is very true. That's a good point. Okay. All right. So you're, you're thinking more Louie. All right. So then let's go to the next one, which is, I should preface, I've been watching a lot of cooking shows. If you did bite off that gentleman's finger, how would you season it and prepare it?
1: I mean, assuming that I'm in the same exact situation.
0: Uh, you could take it home in, in like a to-go bag i mean you don't have to eat it there yeah
1: you don't have to eat it there because realistically it would probably be there with no seasoning if i'm in that exact situation
0: okay so if you're let's go with that then
1: especially if i had had meat before like in bill's case Mm -hmm. because you you know Mm -hmm. know. yeah he he would scarf that whole fucking finger down in the moment he had it so
0: in that situation then do you think he was a spicy man Or do you think it would be kind of like neutral, earthy kind of taste? Or do you think it's going to be a little spice?
1: I think, given that I can't pin down what animal he's supposed to be, I'm going to assume that he would naturally have a bit of spice to him.
0: Okay, all right.
1: But because he's had so many fingers bitten off, he's probably been stressed the fuck out.
0: Mm. Let's change the release of chemicals.
1: And losing all of that blood, Mm -hmm. I would assume that some of the spice has probably gone yeah he may have more earthy tones i don't think it would be straight up bland Mm -hmm. i would think mostly sort of earthy spices or earthy like an herby taste Mm. and then maybe like a splash like just the, the faintest hint of some spice
0: okay so um to follow that up who do you believe will be the first type of animal killed next season i'm thinking one of the school children okay
1: specifically at the school
0: yeah specifically at the school if you have a different one though i would love to hear that too done the
1: alpaca i don't think we
0: we still have the female alpaca
1: i just had a sad thought
0: do you want to share your sad thought
1: i'm not going to tell you exactly what the sad thought is okay but i will give you enough information that you can infer okay i can tell you i don't want it to be dom
0: oh 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 no <laughs> <laughs> no
1: I need Dom.
0: He's the only gay one confirmed. He needs to be alive. I know. Ooh, no, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm.
1: I think it would be poetic justice if specifically Mm Bill ate Kai. (gasps)
0: <gasps> oh okay i okay.
1: would enjoy that
0: i think that's a good question do you believe bill will because he has like you said he was teasing the blood so do you believe he will lose control at one point and maybe fight someone at the school
1: so uh, tying into my final thoughts mm-hmm. on it actually because i wanted to talk about the intro to the series um, as well as good the epilogue for the season
0: <laughs> didn't plan that
1: I think Bill ate Tim. (gasps) If you pay attention when they show the silhouette, it looks just
0: like Bill. Okay, see, okay. So I thought it looked like Bill too. But I'm gonna say, I think Bill is a lot of talk, but I don't think he's attacked someone yet.
1: That's because you're soft on him.
0: Why would I be soft? I was gonna say, why would I be soft on Bill?
1: You talked some good shit about him last episode, so you're a little soft on him.
0: I don't think I'm soft on him. I think I'm critical of him as well.
1: No, you are critical. You're just, you're just also soft. Like you, you, you see the good in him.
0: I think just, just like we talked about before, everyone in the Theater Club has a background of an issue. I think Bill's big talk and big personality is as a reaction to show people not to fuck with him. Or if you're going to fuck with him, you're going to end up hurt. And I think he's a lost show. Very little substance. I think he can fight. I think he'll drink the blood. But I do not believe he's attacked someone yet. Because I tr- I think he's one of those people who talks a big game. But when they are confronted with a heavy situation, I think they don't know what the fuck to do. And they freak the fuck out. And that's why I think he's going to probably attack someone out of the need of blood rather than for, you know, just a fun. But again, I think, I don't think he, I think we have someone else drinking blood in there.
1: See, I want to get into that too. But circling back to your question. Sorry. (laughs) So you answered your own question with that. So now answer mine. Okay. Do you think we know who it was at the beginning?
0: I think that's a fantastic question.
1: (laughs) So fucking diplomatic.
0: I, uh, what the
1: fuck? That's a great question, and I'm a, I'm gonna answer it in just a second, but first I want to praise your question-asking abilities.
0: <laughs> Look here, you stupid bitch, you got beers. It's not my fault. <laughs> I said you had a good fucking question, you fucking person that needs approval. I know it. I love you. I was giving you approval, but you are two drinks in. And you're already smiling out to me.
1: <laughs> know how I take praise?
0: <laughs> I don't actually know, because I thought initially we did. But when I was reviewing okay. it the second time around, I was more suspicious on, is it someone in the school we haven't seen yet or we haven't interacted with yet
1: that might be my only complaint about Mm -hmm. the series is if they pull that shit yeah that or like the doing flashbacks once it is revealed Mm -hmm. to reveal like they've been in every scene but literally they haven't
0: (laughs) well what if um i know i hate that one actually okay so listen to this so what if yes the person was in the school Mm -hmm. however they are on the verge of becoming into the theater club the drama club. Like, something fucked up did happen to them, but they're not into the club yet.
1: Okay, so they're they're being scouted. They're just not approved yet.
0: Yes. So that's what I'm thinking because they all said you have to be scouted. You have to be recruited and looked at to come into this club. Right. I think someone is going to be in the drama club who did it. I just don't think they've been recruited yet. And that could okay. be that could be part of the issue because remember Tim was in the drama club. Yes. If his place was lost, it goes to the next person, right? So the next person that came in, which was a few episodes later, was Juno. So what if... No. No? No, I wasn't thinking she did it
1: at least his place in the production went to Zoe.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At
1: least initially.
0: Yeah, but that was not a new kid. That was part of the already...
1: Right, but assuming that there is a a static Mm. size for the drama club, then yes, Tim's exit would allow for somebody to come, which would be Juno.
0: But what my thought is, is the fact that if you remember, they've all talked about drama club as being one of the more prestigious clubs, even though few people get in and few people care about it. And this Mm. is because this is usually a club that the b-stars come out of so these are strong contenders and strong people in school so what if they do have a scouting list they have people in order on who they would like to jump in when they say whether that means someone graduated or someone left or whatever or someone died in tim's case but what if the person thought they were next up and it was juno next
1: but weren't aware of
0: yeah Mm -hmm. exactly They wonder where, they thought they were next on the list, not Juno.
1: Okay. But I'll also, I'm Mm going to raise you.
0: I love it. Okay.
1: Because I will agree, it has to be a student of the school. Yes. Because Tim specifically says you would really kill a classmate.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes.
1: And it also implies, maybe possibly, that it is somebody already in the drama club.
0: See, I feel like, okay, so this is where I was at. That's a great thing you brought up because he did tell that very informally. Like, I feel like Tim, if Tim knew the person-
1: (gasps) I need to rewatch it since I know a little bit of Japanese. I can tell you how close they were.
0: How close to what?
1: Because there are are so many levels of formality in Japanese. Mm -hmm. So if he speaks super informally to them, then they are super close. Which means they are probably in drama club because they would be friends.
0: Yeah, but see, that's what I was going to get at is the fact that he said your classmate. I don't feel like he would say your classmate. I feel like he would make it more personal because you want to make it more personable so that way they don't kill you.
1: No, yeah. Human- humanizing yourself. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. You just reminded me of a thing I can use to basically cheat. Oh,
0: okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Because, again, I think because of the language used, I would think it's probably someone in the school, someone he probably mm-hmm. has seen, but he doesn't know. So someone like in another grade, just in a different social group or something. Okay. So that's why I thought because I feel like if Tim knew the person from Drama Club, he would say their name and call them out because he was speaking a lot. Like even though he was scared, he was trying to talk through to them. Talkative alpaca. Yeah, but he was trying to get to talk through to them. And I feel like if you were trying to really grab someone's attention, you wouldn't say you're really going to kill a classmate. You would say like Lego she. You're really gonna kill me.
1: Well, I'll also say yeah. that probably not because that's not how scripted things work. But in real life, yes.
0: Well, yeah, but I I still feel like it would have been more personal than what was said. Is the point? Yeah. Most people in that like if you're talking script, most You'd people
1: really kill somebody who practices with you every day. Or, yeah, or, or the fuck. you would.
0: You really kill me. Like, even saying me means that the person knows you. Yeah. Whereas he said, you're really going to kill a classmate, which indicates to me that he doesn't know this person very well. There's a little bit of difference. Yeah. There's some, like, yeah. again, you may know the person, you may know their name, but you don't know how... Again, he was trying to be relatable, but it was, there was a fence up there. Like, they mm. didn't know each other to that level where he could connect with him emotionally to slow the potential attack and he was desperately grasping for anything to use so that's why i think it's someone in the school but maybe not in drama club yet but i think by the end okay. we'll be in drama club but do you think do you think we've already met well you think it's bill so why do you think it's bill
1: i think that the initial attack is bill i I cannot speak to his motivations, though I will say since he was so blase about using the rabbit's blood, he's probably used it before, Mm -hmm. which means he could be feeling the yearnings. Yeah. But my biggest thing is the silhouette because it has his like round ears. He speaks or Tim Mm-hmm. You know, basically outed him as a classmate of his. Mm-hmm. And the only other character that we've seen so far, I will allow for new evidence to come forth, but the only character that we've seen so far that has the same face mm-hmm. structure in a silhouette way is the Black Panther. But yeah. the Black Panther is very wiry, where Bill is very muscular.
0: Well, okay, so I'm gonna raise you a little bit here. Mm-hmm. It's not very, I believe... I'm gonna, I wanna just show it as evidence that maybe it's a red herring. So, similar to Bill, I think the panda Jihon is similar as well in shape. They are both very muscly men with round faces Mm. and round ears. While I do think, you know, it is a classmate, I think that shows like, you know, they both have a similar structure, but they're two very different people. I think there very much likely could be someone else who is doing it, but you could be very right where he did this one attack so this is why i think maybe not bill right now is the fact that kind of like gihon said is that you know they kind of go crazy like we saw the wall of pictures and some of them literally looked like they were going out of their minds kind of like if they were on drugs and they needed a fix i think if someone was going to go to that point i do think they would need a steadier supply than a vile rabbit's blood like bill had i think they would need a more steady chain of supply. Fair enough. So that's why I think Bill will attack someone out of blood needs. But I don't think he has yet. But I do think he will do it. I think, I just think it's someone else that we haven't met yet. It's kind of like how we didn't see another gray wolf until Juno showed up in the club. So that's why I'm thinking also, like, maybe this is someone on the list that just isn't there yet. Because, again, if you get into theater club, you are automatically someone strong and who could be a B-star. I mean, Juno is fighting Louie for it and being a conniving little bitch, if I'm going to be frank. Mm,
1: I would say worse things.
0: I was being nice. <laughs> I think that's why I'm saying, like, I could see someone, especially when you know theater club alone can get you somewhere, never mind being the B-Star. B-Star, like, elevates you to the nth degree. So I could see someone killing in order to get into theater club.
1: Especially a Capricorn.
0: All right, you stupid bitch. What B are you on? (laughs) I'm gonna go down there and cut you. (laughs) I'm
1: still on number three. Good luck. (laughs) That's why I said I, I, I'm definitely open yeah. to new evidence proving me wrong and... I may even, you know, talk myself out of the argument, but like Mm -hmm. at this point, assuming that like at the time, as I watch like seasons, I I do assume that seasons are self-contained. Yeah. Which with the release of season two, I will be very open to new information coming in. Yeah. But at that point, the options are basically the Black Panther bill. And Goheen. Mm-hmm. And Goheen isn't a student. No. So Tim wouldn't have referred to him as a classmate. Yeah, mate.
0: no one would have talked to him about like that.
1: And the Black Panther is too wiry. Because the one yeah. that killed Tim is like super big. Yes. The only other point that i wanted to bring up is that personally in Mm -hmm. the epilogue which does start season two which would make a lot of sense from what you're talking about when uh especially given my opinion on the matter Mm -hmm. the animal that whose pov we adopt and legacy says come on it's just about to start or something like that and see i do not believe that that is Bill.
0: No, I don't either.
1: Which this is that's why I said I was probably about to talk myself out of the argument, but I do feel that it's the same. Person mm-hmm. as we attacked Tim.
0: Yes, and so Legoshi already knows the person of some degree.
1: Already knows him and mm-hmm. is familiar. Yes, they're familiar, and he's excited to get them where they're going. And we've only ever really seen Legoshi in either the dorm mm-hmm. or the drama club.
0: I was gonna say, I think it's probably. I don't think it's someone in a drama club. I would be more willing to bet someone in his dorm.
1: But see, that starts there the next year. So, oh,
0: so it could be a new roommate.
1: It could be a new roommate. Mm-hmm. It could be they let someone else in, especially with Louis now going off the fucking deep end.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I think Louis's fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think he's fine too, but I think that if anybody else looked at him, they'd probably be like, the fuck?
0: Well, thank God no one's looking at me lately. <laughs> I think he's doing just fine. Because
1: <laughs> he also talked about like running off into the shadows, so he's probably not going back to school. <laughs> oh yeah. If we continue to assume that there's a static size, and Louis, assumedly, is not going back to school, mm-hmm. there's another vacancy.
0: That's true. So that would move Juno to the top of B star category, and then that would leave, like you said, open a spot for someone new.
1: I also think <laughs> it would be beautifully poetic Ooh. if Legacy became the B star.
0: Ugh. Oh, see, like, I think Legoshi, I truly believe Legoshi will be the B-Star at the end of this. I
1: mean, he's the main character. He's about to have all the blessings. It doesn't matter.
0: Well, you never know.
1: I mean, hes he's got to go through hell and back to get them, but he's going to get the blessings.
0: Well, technically, we're all the main character of our own stories. And look how shitty everyone's doing. Nope. <laughs> N-
1: nope. <laughs> That's not true. That's we are not, not the true? main character of our own stories because not all people have their own stories.
0: Okay. I didn't know that.
1: I mean, sometimes you're just a sidekick, sometimes you're just an extra in the back.
0: That's some people's lives though in conjunction with other people though, too. I do think you're your you are the main character of your own story in that, you know, you have all the control in doing what you want to do and making decisions for yourself.
1: I have to channel my inner grey wolf and Eat some lion neck. Yum.
0: I mean, <laughs> I've seen that shit on Soft Dom TikTok, man. I mean, it's possible.
1: You've also seen that shit on Netflix.
0: Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just was thinking the most recent.
1: Unless you had other things to add, I feel like we talked enough about the discrimination and the heavy shit, and then yeah. we took. You know, a nice little detour.
0: Yeah, again, like, the show's great about handling society. If you want your kids to look at something similar before the age of 13, I would recommend Zootopia on Disney+. Plus. Beastars is on Netflix if you don't know that already. And we recommend the show. We recommend the movie. Just, you know, be wise on who you show it to and when.
1: But we uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be finishing off this little... Many series, uh next time but in the meantime you can email us at jaded roses podcast at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook at jaded roses podcast and on twitter at jaded roses with an underscore after it on that twitter page you'll also find our personal twitter handle so that you can follow us individually for more or i guess less curated content
0: yeah as i say more nonsense
1: <laughs> yeah but yes and also follow us on tiktok at jaded roses podcast holy shit why did i struggle with that
0: i don't know well it's new you just it. i've
1: only said it about 15 times
0: yeah that's true
1: (laughs) we will see you next time but we are pretty we are thorny and we are very much over this bullshit stay thorny y'all bye